The following is a Sports Ethos presentation. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA. This is a Sports Ethos presentation, like we said from the jump. So check out Sports Ethos on Twitter at Sports Ethos Online, SportsEthos.com. Also, while y'all at it, please, listeners, take a moment to follow at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter, the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth. Get all of your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now. How y'all doing? Today is Tuesday, the 3rd of May. Crazy to think that we are already in May. Uh, right in the second round of the playoffs. Had two fun games last night. Both were really particularly close, um, in my own humble estimation. Both weren't close, but you know what? That's not the worst thing. Um, the Miami Heat beat the Philadelphia 76ers uh, by a total that was a lot larger than the 14-point difference would have you believe. Uh, Tyler Hero uh, really kind of took over along with Miami in the second half. Miami won 106-92. to Listen, Philadelphia already knew they were missing Joel Embiid uh, for an undetermined amount of time without orbital fracture, right? So... What was going to happen? Were we going to see James Harden really step up and become the Harden of old? No. James Harden actually did, I guess, okay. At least the box score numbers look fine. 16 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. But he also had 5 turnovers to go with that. Shot 38% from the field. Wasn't nearly as assertive as he used to be. I'm not sure if this is a new change, a drastic change in Harden's play style, or if he is showing some quick signs of regression, um, but, you know, he did, Miami's focus all was on him defensively, and that probably helped for a lot of it, you had P.J. Tucker basically face guarding him, took him out of the game a little bit, P.J. Tucker knows a lot about Harden, so Harden wasn't able to get as free as he normally would, um, and the 76ers, with the exception of one, really suffered aside from that, I mean, Tyrese Maxey had 19 points, uh, but didn't, really do anything else, two assists, couldn't do anything else really, it felt like, all he could do was get the ball and finish, right, Tobias Harris was the only other player for the 76ers double figures, and he was the biggest, he actually came up huge, 27 points, 6 boards, 61% shooting, only knocked down one of his four threes, but in the third quarter, he was the only player really keeping the 76ers in it, as the Miami Heat started their absolute avalanche of, uh, I don't even know what to say, an onslaught, it was, it was relentless, um, and Miami took over after that. Danny Green hit a three, and DeAndre Jordan started. I'm not going to lie. I hear all the mess about DeAndre Jordan, and mind you, you know, he plays drop coverage, but he doesn't actually stop anyone from getting to the basket using that coverage, and he's not very good outside of drop, but, like, I don't know. I didn't think he was horrible. I mean, he was minus 22, Reporters and everyone on Twitter going crazy, but he had his moments. I thought he had a nice block of a Jimmy Butler shot in the third quarter. 
Um, I thought he was at least somewhat of a deterrent in moments. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, and I need to rewatch the game, which I will, and try to get a different look, but I don't know. I thought he was bad. I didn't think he was like the worst thing to ever play, uh, which is the feel I was getting on social media watching um, DeAndre Jordan. For Philadelphia, listen, I mean, not for Philadelphia, for Miami. They had five guys in double digits. You know, Tyler Hero led the way, 25 points off the bench, knocked down four threes, seven assists as well. When he gets on fire, he gets on fire. Uh, but Bam Adebayo also feasted, especially with no Joel Embiid, to uh, stop him. 24 points, 12 boards, four assists. He looked really good, uh, especially with pick and roll finishing there. You have 15 points for Jimmy Butler, not on great efficiency, but it happened. 10 points for P.J. Tucker, and 10 points for Gabe Vincent, you know? Um, Victor Oladipo definitely is trying to shoot his way back into some sort of form. He played 26 minutes, but only finished with 5 points, 2 of 8 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. Uh, it's still early. I think it's safe to say we don't see old Victor Oladipo. I think that, that Oladipo's gone. And I don't think it's a horrible thing. I just don't know if we see that same kind of guy. Maybe I'm reaching a little bit. It's possible. But that's just my initial thoughts on that. Um, also... You know, as a team, Philadelphia could not shoot the three. I mean, mind you, Miami only shot it slightly better. Miami went 9 of 36 for 25%, but Philadelphia went 6 for 34. That's a whopping 17%. You look at it. 1 for 5 for Danny Green. 1 of 4 for Tobias Harris. 1 of 6 for Tyrese Maxey. 2 of 7 for James Harden. 7 threes attempted, not a single one knocked down for George Yang. And then 1 of 2 for 4 Con Corkabas. That's it. That's it. I mean, Miami's not exactly known, I guess, for their shooting. Uh, although Max Struess and Gabe Vincent, the starting backcourt for Miami, come out and shoot 2 of 14 from 3. But 1 of 4 for Jimmy Butler, 2 of 4 for P.J. Tucker, uh, 0 of 5 for Victor Oladipo, 0 of 3 for Caleb Martin. Only one who was semi-efficient, uh, actually was above and beyond in that category, would be Tyler Hero, who was 4 of 6 from there. So that was a factor as well. I mean, what can Philadelphia do? I don't know. Maybe you get a more aggressive Harden. I don't consider Doc Rivers a great tactician as of the last, I don't know, decade. But maybe he finds a way to manufacture easier shots for Philadelphia's players. Um, particularly Tobias Harris, who I thought actually had a really, really good job of finding shots in the mid-range, attacking off of closeouts, and really um, making mismatches pay. So maybe there's a way to keep playing with that in mind, with that as a focus. Aside from that, you better hope Joel Embiid comes, because this is just not a good matchup for Philadelphia on a good day, much less without their best player. Uh, and this James Harden that they have right now, listen, I don't know who this guy is, but he can go back. He can go back. He's, like, not even, like, I don't know, he's just your normal kind of inefficient shooting point guard, you know? I'm glad that his playmaking skills are, are readily apparent. We can see that, and that's amazing, but, like, what happened was illustrious scoring. It just stopped. Crazy. Anyways, Phoenix beat the Mavericks 121-114 despite a whopping 45 points with 12 rebounds and 8 assists on 50% shooting from Luka Doncic. It just wasn't enough because Chris Paul is a magician, um, DeAndre Ayton's an animal, and the Suns have a much stronger, more well-rounded team. DeAndre Aiden finished with 25 points and 8 boards. And listen, he was one of 6 Suns players in double digits. One of 2 with 20 points or more. Devin Booker also finished with 23 um, points. 
uh, as well as nine rebounds and eight assists to get right up there with Aiden. Uh, Chris Paul, though, man, I mean, uh, the second half, he uh, second quarter, he took it over by himself. Um, he had 19 points, five rebounds, three three assists, which is low for Paul, but he also had this just swirling derv. I don't even know the word. It was this weird kind of spun the ball back and then made a fadeaway jumper on the heels of that to make the, this overly obtuse, like, spin turn jumper that he knocked down a couple seconds later brings the ball down knocks down a three he had a moment where he was just he's on fire nba jam style um but yeah i mean just to finish 19 points surprising but it just goes to show you that chris paul who by the way turns 37 this weekend can still get it going he is the point god for a reason uh mikhail bridges had 13.7 rebounds four assists and a monster block one of two on the night Jay Crowder had 11 points, 8 rebounds, and 3 assists. And honestly, I thought he should have been out the game from the first quarter where he went for a jump shot and did the Draymond Green leg kick uh, hit Luka Doncic in the nether regions and only got a flagrant one for that. Just, I don't know. Jay Crowder is that guy who lives on the edge for me as far as a basketball fan. What I like and what I don't like, and Crowder is right there. Cameron Payne, 9 points, 3 rebounds, 5 assists. A very good second um Second, uh, backup point guard minutes, uh, just under 20 minutes for Payne, uh, especially considering how rough he was in the first round against New Orleans. Campaign also played well, 17 points, 6 of 10 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3. Basically, you get what I'm trying to illustrate. There was too much Phoenix to go uh, for Dallas to defend. And, and Dallas can't defend them on a good day. They have enough weapons that, excuse me, I almost knocked over uh, my extra mic there. They have enough weapons that Dallas can't hope to stop everyone. It's just not something they can do. The only thing that they can possibly find possible is possibly find possible is outshoot them. And if you're going to do that, you need more than just Maxi Kleba shooting 5-8 from 3 to almost give you 20. Look at the scoring breakdown for Dallas. 45 for Luka. 19 for Maxi Kleba. 15 for Dorian Finney-Smith. 13 for Jalen Brunson. 7 for Reggie Bullock. And that's all, folks. Spencer did get 8 as well. You need more than that. You know, Luke was the only one shooting uh, mostly efficient on high volume. I mean, you did have Dorian Finney-Smith 5 of 10, Max Kleber 6 of 9, but you need more help for Luka. Otherwise, it's going to be very much like it was in 2021 and 2020 when Luka Doncic went against the Los Angeles Clippers teams, where other players stepped up for moments, but for the most part, it was Luka Doncic. And let's be real, Phoenix defenders are much better than Utah's permanent defenders where before you were licking your chops at Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell, now you got Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder, and a very stout Chris Paul, and a very uh, defensively competent Devin Booker. Like, there's levels to this ish. The game's changed for Dallas, so they have to adjust, and adjust rather quickly, because otherwise, I mean, they'll find themselves going home in a gentleman's suite. That's how I see it. Just my thoughts there. Um, tonight... We have Milwaukee and Boston again. Boston's going to try to redeem themselves after being turned into a total jump shooting team and not a very accurate one from Milwaukee in game one. While Golden State will play a much more uh, angry slash desperate Memphis team who don't want to leave Memphis to go to Golden State down two games to zero. Uh, looking to see how John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. and others kind of bounce back. But also, like, the, clip, the, the Warriors have an edge too. Because Draymond Green, remember him? Yeah. After being ejected early, I'm sure he has a chip on his shoulder as well. So, 
it's going to be interesting to see kind of how these two teams clash. That'll be at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. That'll be the game of the night for me. 7 o'clock is Milwaukee versus Boston. Also a must-tune in. Um, aside from that, though, y'all, that is pretty much it. I do have a little bit of extra for you here. A little bit of an extra treat. Uh, let's ball out. And that's the show I am fortunate to be a part of, along with Alicia. And Kelsley just aired their latest episode. And you can find that wherever you find your podcast, Apple, Stitcher, Google um, Podcast, Podcast Addict, wherever you find your podcast, you can find that show. But also, for your listening pleasure, we have that here. So I am going to depart from you today. I hope that you have an amazing Tuesday. Knock it out the park. One more day out the week that we got to attack. Let's get it. Let's go. But I really hope y'all enjoy this latest episode with me, Alicia, and Kelsey. Again, you know, just going into the playoffs. We talk about first round. Talk about the second round here. Overarching thoughts. Going to be a lot of fun. Hope y'all enjoy it. But until next time, y'all, I am Frosty. Y'all stay frosty. And I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. For now. Let's go ball out, huh? What's up, y'all? And welcome to another episode of Let's Ball Out. Same crew as always. We got Corbin. We got Kelsey. We got Alicia. Uh, how we doing, y'all? We right in the midst of this playoff action. And, uh, yeah, we about to get started. How, how we doing? We doing great, baby. We doing fantastic. Great. We are here. We got the energy today. Um, the playoffs has been fantastic. Let's get into it. There we go. There we go. There it is. Further, without further ado, we going right in. Um, listen, we had a fun episode a couple weeks back previewing the first round. We shared our thoughts, our conjecture. Some of us were on it. Some of us were close-ish, and some of us were there. Um, but you know, we got the results. I've been pressed to uh, reveal them here. Um, listen. Before we even go, I don't really think it matters who was right or wrong in these predictions. At the end of the day, we had a lot of fun. I just want to preface. Time <laughs> out. Wait a minute. A, a little teensy-weensy timeout. A little 20-second timeout. <laughs> because I just want the listeners to recall Corbin on the last time was just like, we're writing everything down. We're getting these results. We're making. We're locking in these picks. When I said mm-hmm. my picks were a little fluid, it was a little problem. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. all of a sudden... The paper is recycled paper and it's gone. Because <laughs> couldn't find it two minutes ago. And, and I'm starting to believe that it might have been on purpose too now. Okay, we don't okay. gotta we'll got do that. We don't gotta let, do let, that. Let, let, let's review, shall we? All right, let, let's get into right. it. All right, so for the first one, um, we had the Miami Heat and the Atlanta Hawks. The Heat, of course, won that series four games to one. Um, looking at the notes, we all actually had we were all kind of wrong in that. None of us had the Hawks winning one game. They did manage to squeak out one, but for the most part, we were on the right side of history on that. Squeak is really true. Squeak, like, we had <laughs> it was just that. Squeeze that we, one in there. <laughs> we had a sweep, end up being a gentleman's sweep. Um, for number two, um, it was the Celtics who swept the Nets in a surprising first round finish, in my opinion, just straight four games. Uh, for that, we were all wrong. But, yeah. yeah, we were all wrong. There's nothing close about that. Um, yeah. Me and Kelsey had the Nets in seven. Uh, um, no, Kelsey and Alicia, my bad, had the Nets in seven. I was a lot more bullshit than this. I had them in six. It didn't matter. We were all on that. <laughs> off. And that was after, let's let's preference, that was after I had changed my pick because I initially had Boston in six. Yeah, we, and we Kelsey spoke you. up KD and Kyrie. <laughs> 
And I don't know how he convinced me that Step Back Stubby was going to get them past. Listen, that was the surprise of the playoffs. I think that was the surprise of the playoffs. Yeah, that that, that, that quite clearly, obviously, man. I did not see that. It has to be. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah, I mean, mind you, all the games are relatively close too. I think Boston won by no more than seven, but still, none of us saw that happen at all. Four, nah, that's crazy. Um, the next one, the Bucks beat the Bulls in a five-game series. Uh, we, uh, Kelsey had the Bucks in six. Uh, Elisa and myself had the Bucks in a sweep. Chicago did get one. Demar Derozan represented and came through, but ultimately, we knew the Bulls were just too outmatched, and it, it just showed. Um, COVID. Yikes. Yeah. Mm, sorry. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, <laughs> it's all good here. All right. Uh, Philadelphia and Toronto. That was an interesting one. I, I'm already kind of worried of where I put mine. Um, the Sixers won in six games. We all had the Sixers in five. So, you know, shout out to Doc Rivers for letting five? us down there. Yeah, not, we, got, we got Sixers in five there, but it's all good. Um, we all at least had the right team. Western Conference, definitely more interesting. So, um, Suns won that in six. Which, um, but shout out to the Pelicans, man. They brought a lot of fight, a lot of the Say young guys, sons and six. Say that again, okay? Because the last time I said <laughs> the Pelicans were gonna win one and they were gonna do something, and I said they had a heart, all I heard was Kirk Corbin <laughs> chirping in the background. Oh, they got huh? Everybody got a heart. Wow. No, 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 no. You're gonna get it. You're going to get it this time because every t- other time, y'all getting on me. So I'm going to chew this up and I'm going to eat it and I'm going to swallow a real good pause because I'm going to just mask <laughs> in this. Okay? Listen. So I had the Pelicans. <laughs> okay? I you had them, them winning. winning. You had them winning. Okay. You, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we were still wrong, but you were better than us. Me and Kelsey had the sun sweeping. Uh, you gave the Pelicans a game. Um, yeah. They, they, yeah, I respect Alicia. You're right. I, I really wonder: Do you want sugar? Do you want chocolate chip? Do you want um almond? Like white chocolate uh, macadamia. Thank you. Oh, white chocolate macadamia. Are we, are we talking cookies here? What are we talking? It sounded like she wanted, yeah. one, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know, if you happen to find yourself in Vegas, that's only where I'm paying out. Nah, I right, cool. There it is. There it is. All right, there it is. First of all, huh? I'm not free. Let's start there. Oh, wow. oh, hello. She said, bow. Well, I mean, there it is. Okay. Moving right along. <laughs> We're going to keep it up. Uh, we got Memphis and Minnesota. That was a tough one, man. Um, yikes. Did I really say? Okay. Uh, so the Grizzlies won that series in six. Kelsey said Grizzlies in six. Elise said Grizzlies in six. I said Wolves in six. I was wrong, but I also didn't see the Wolves giving up. Three different double-digit leads in the fourth quarter. Who could have saw that coming? The Wolves should have had it in five. But, listen, I was wrong. I own it. It's there. It's easy, it's easy to see listen. that coming. I'm confused. Go ahead, Alicia. Yeah. Yeah. Up, I, think, I, think, I think that that Wolves team is like Corbin, just lost and confused in time. They don't know what they're doing. They up and down all over the place because they're so immature in some ways. I'm not saying that you are Corbin. No, no. I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting off the... I'm, okay. Okay, Stay okay. with me here. Stay, okay. stay with me here. Just the lost and confused part. That, that, uh, was, that was it. I appreciate um, it. But, yeah, the Wolves are just very young, and they. I don't think they really have a true identity. And Cat, for me, this series, he blew minds because he just did not have his own 
identity and who he was. He kept barking. He kept trying to do the antics and things like that. And it was just, it, it just didn't work for me because that's not, I can see that's not his personality. I feel like he's trying to put on more to get, you know, more bravado with the team, but it's not going to work. It's always better to be yourself. I'm sorry. That's just the bottom line. And it showed the immaturity that these two young teams anyway. So I understand the Grizzlies, they were just messing up the whole time, but they're young too. So I, I did not expect exponentially more, but the Wolves, they just, they crapped the bed. That's all I got to say. Yeah, they straight up did. Um, I didn't see it like that, losing that composure. You made an excellent point in regards to Cat. It just seemed way, way too much. I mean, we've seen players that get that, oh, I'm a big, tough dude, when they really not. It's like, why even put up a front like that? It's just, it's going to wash off. And that's you just know, what it is. You know, it's a, it's a weird situation. Um, you guys been watching The Winning Time, right? I'm assuming. I've watched on HBO religiously, right? Been on it. Chris Flinch. Is it Flinch or Finch? Finch. It's Finch. It is Finch. And yeah. um, he reminds me of Wes, the guy that's playing Wes Unsell, uh, the assistant coach, where he was just like put in the fire and he he didn't even know he needed to call a timeout. Because last time I checked, if a team scores 10-0, okay, you're thinking about it. 20-0, why haven't you called it? But then 24, love? Oh, man, they're already young. They can't play through this type of situation. This is the first time most of these guys have been on the biggest stage like this. A la um, Anthony Edwards. So they they fought. I'll tell you that much. You know, we, we saw what good coach can do. Again, the Pelicans, what they have been able to accomplish. Like, okay, you give Willie Green that team, the Timberwolves team. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, it, it's looking kind of serious. But, um, but, yeah, Chris Finch, what he did, that's a, a lot of head scratches there. And I know A-Rod and his team, the ownership team, got to go ahead and have a long, hard look, okay? Um, there's a guy, Mark Jackson, you know, that, ah, whoo, wow, just names out there. We're just going to throw them out. Who likes can, can, to go to Minnesota? Talk about, can, can we talk about Mark Jackson um, being thrown out there all randomly there? Because Let's he's been linked to a bunch of different yeah. teams. And I'm just – He's a like for the Kings. For the Kings. I've We've heard the Lakers – I'm, I just would like him to stay in the booth, to be honest. Really? Like, I, I really enjoy Jeff and Mark and Mike and their calls. I would rather him stay there just because I can see where it's going to go with when he gets in that position. And we've seen how he did with the young team in terms of Golden State. And he nurtured them a little bit, but he wasn't the right guy for them in that locker room. And I think that Behind the scenes, a lot of the guys didn't want to hear him and they couldn't understand him. They couldn't relate to him. And I think that that's not going to work because that team we're going to talk about later, but that team was what where the Grizzlies are now. So they were younger. They were, you know, ready starting their career. And these guys, especially on the Kings, they're young. So it's the same thing. You're, you're putting him in a position to talk to more young guys to do the same thing over the coaching carousel for me in the league is just what I I'm, I just, I don't like it. I don't understand why we have to recycle the same people. These are smart, high IQ people. I'm not saying that they, they don't deserve the positions, but for the totality of what they're doing in their jobs, I don't think that some of these guys 
should be continuously getting the opportunities when they continue to do the same thing. Like, it just doesn't make sense for me. And especially for that fit, maybe he can fit somewhere else. But for Sacramento and the Lakers, no, <laughs> just no, I, I, I don't see it. I'm, I'm sorry, I don't see it. Well, you know, you got to think of it this way too, um, Alicia. We're talking about a guy, Stephen Curry. He made some noise in the in the uh, NCAA tournament prior to being drafted, right? And there was a lot of question marks when it came to him and his game being able to be translated into the NBA, right? You got a guy like Clay Thompson. There's nobody in the draft when you're talking about drafting Clay Thompson, thinking of him having a Hall of Fame career. Same thing with Draymond Green. The culture was instilled when Mark Jackson was there, and you could see the improvement every single year, right? We're not talking about like our Tibbs, right, who had came one year and said, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, and everything sounds great because they won a playoff game, but then the following year, everything hit the shit the bed, literally. So you got to give him some credit. I wish he had one more year to go ahead and try to do this thing around because I think he was the first to really believe in Clay and, and Steph and to really empower them to have the confidence that they have now. And now that has transponded into a guy like Jordan Poole who has his head is bigger than goddamn earth itself, right? Because of how much confidence he has. And it goes to the culture. So I think what Mark Jackson did, I don't think he, I think he deserves a little bit more credit than that um, because I think the culture was really instilled from him. And it just so happened the person that came after him had won NBA finals with Michael Jordan, who's been in the front office. You know, he's had, he's one of the best shooters in the game too. So it was almost a perfect match, but let's not discredit what Mark Jackson did. Thank you. Well, there it is. I, I'm kind of in the middle of both of y'all. On one hand, I just feel like there's been enough behind the scenes talk about Mark Jackson. I feel like kind of ruined, not ruined his reputation, but like sully his reputation as a coach for stuff that I didn't feel was applicable to the actual coach, more of his personality, that it's like, okay, why? Like, it's now common knowledge that, oh, he's this kind of guy. No, it's not. Like, I didn't like that, especially when you look at the fact that, yes, like Kelsey said, like he was empowering Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. I remember when he said they were the best back shooting backcourt in history when that was like debate on first take and now it's like common knowledge. But back then it was like Mark Jackson's crazy. You know what I mean? So on the one hand they it's got like rid of Monte Ellis too. They got rid of him because they believed in Mark is my guy. Goal. I mean Monte Ellis is my guy too, but you're right, exactly. Like he set in motion a lot of the changes that happened. Yes, because of his personality and stuff like that, it rubbed people the wrong way, especially in the Bay Area. I have my own thoughts about that, just the media and how they perceive that. But the point being I'm more with Lisi in terms of like he's in a good place right now. Like, we like Mark Jackson right now. We like Jeff Van Dien right now. They really want to come back and, and put – and that's the same reason why I want Kenny Smith to get a coaching job. Like, you are good where you at. Like, I've heard enough about you that I like you as an analyst, and I've heard enough about you that I don't want you as a coach. But, like, if you were a coach, sure, why not? Like, take the opportunity. That's fine, I guess. Like, everyone should have that right. I'm not saying not. But I'm just saying you're in such a good place right now. Like, why would I put my reputation where I'm in a good, comfortable environment – to put at risk where I could more than likely the odds are I'm going to flame out better than I'm going to succeed in this role. And then what? So that's just where I'm at, but I get it. I'm just, listen, if the Kings hire Mark Jackson, I just want to be a fly in the wall for that conversation. Like what are they doing? Half of this stuff. It's going to start in prayer. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> hey, listen, and that's, they're going to need a whole lot of that. They're going to need a whole damn seance. Excuse me. But it's, like, it's, uh, they're going to be speaking in tongues. By yeah. The end of yeah. That. I mean, it's just funny because we've all been, and this is what I always look at when I think of these weird coaching hires and this weird stuff. All of us went to sportsman's classroom. We've all been there, learned what we need to do, talk to these experts, this and that. You telling me 
and this is my own little riff here, that I come from this going, okay, I have full detailed notes. This is what I want to do. I'm now in charge of the Kings. Mark Jackson, like, like, what are we doing? Like, that's that's my thought there. But listen, it's it, the Kings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's the full stop period. It's the Kings. You said it. That's that, it. That's just what it is. You right? <laughs> yeah, Mark Jackson deserves to be on the Lakers. Hey, More hey, prestige. nah, I'm good. Listen, honestly, <laughs> y'all, y'all mess. He can bring that New York. He any a New York point guard. He can bring that over to New York. You know, leave him the promise. Now he's gonna have to wait another I'm year until they fire Tibbs, but he'll be able to get that or get Kenny Smith. Like all these e- TNT ESPN analysts come from New York. They about average point guards. Put them up and, and run and run the run the Knicks. But anyway, um, you know who needs to leave the booth though that I can't stand hearing sometimes. Oh, like our, I'm sorry, Reggie. They can't stand. It. No, it's Stan Van Gundy. You don't like Stan Van Gundy? I actually, I, it's funny because I actually like Stan more in the booth than I do on the sidelines. Yep. I think he's one of the ones that (laughs) can transition his IQ to speak on the game. Like when people are calling, I feel like when people are calling the game, I want to hear more insight of what is actually going on rather than just kind of just speculation like Reggie Miller uh, and kind of figure out what's happening. You feel me? Like I want to hear in, in game calls. I want to hear what a coach would do behind the scenes. And he's been around the block a couple of times. I, we've seen enough of his resume for him to just sit down for a little, a little while and call a couple games. It's his voice, though. It's just, you know, and some <laughs> of the things that he say, well, you know, we can't do, we can't do uh, any um advertising for food after halftime because now I'm already hungry. And then <laughs> <laughs> like, man, what I got to do with the price of tea in China? You know what I'm saying? Just be like, what are we talking about, man? I'm waiting. <laughs> We just getting the full Kelsey experience. I'm okay with that. Like we getting the voiceover work. We getting we getting the impressions. Like go off, Kelsey. Anyway. Yeah, I had to bring bring a little energy. I mean, listen, that's fine. That's all good. Um, we got two. I really don't want to get these. We got two more of the uh, two more uh predictions we did. Um, oh wow. We, well, we got one more. My bad. No, two more. I had it right. We did the Grizzlies and Wolves. Um, that was interesting. But you know, y'all were right. And then we had the Warriors and Nuggets. Um. Warriors one and five. Only one who got this right dead on was actually Alicia. Um, me and Kelsey both had this as sweeps, but you know, as, as Jokic said, they had too much pride not to get swept. They should have got swept, but it is what it is. And then the last one, um, Dallas Mavericks and Utah Jazz, which kind of thought was a toss up. Dang, we did. All right. So, um, me and Kelsey both had the Jazz in six, and then Alicia had the Mavericks in seven, ended up being the Mavericks in six. So, we got a props to that. Um, I don't know what we were thinking. We did the Jazz versus Mavs. That was up in the air. I remember my <laughs> thoughts on that one, to be honest with you. I thought that they would have made the coaching change, not coaching change, but adjustment with the with the bigs with with, with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. But that's just such a that's a oof. That was it's rough. A, it's a it's a personnel thing, and it was just a bad matchup that happens sometimes. Where your team that you're going against just is like the worst thing ever, and regardless of um attributes or regardless of of how good they are individually or as a team, just those individual matchups really take a toll, especially in the series. And they definitely got exposed. And I know somebody got to go. Oh, yeah. One, uh, one got to go. One got to go. Well, it's Don, got to be three of them. Well, Don, somebody got Donald to Mitchell, go. for what it's worth, did share that he would like to stay in Utah. 
which I mean, oh, that's I mean, so cute. You, well, here's, hear it. This is why I say that because <laughs> I only bring it up because I don't think Utah's going to trade Donovan Mitchell. He's the only player this time next year who is still going to be in their twenties. A member of the Jazz, like right. if Donovan Mitchell wants to stay there, I think Utah's going to keep him. It's not like it's a mutual thing. Like if Rudy Gobert is like, "Oh, I want to stay here," Jazz are like, "Okay," and like that doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? But Donovan Mitchell's still your tent pole kind of guy. That unless he's BSing, which he most certainly could be. If he says that, then Utah goes, okay, we good. Now let's, you know, New York might be interested in Rudy Gobert. I'm just be, I'm being funny. But, like, Rudy Gobert would be the guy that's probably <laughs> going to move. <laughs> no, because everybody put in New York and Donovan. I was too. But now it's like, okay, cool. If they're going to switch it up and you're not going to move Donovan, well, then everyone else got to go. But all of a sudden, they're a lot less appealing. So I'm gonna, it's interesting what Utah's going to do. I, I'm very curious about that. But speaking of, before we even go to the second round, um, Let's just go down the line. Like, what's one thought we had just kind of watching this first round? Just our overall feeling, something I want to bring out, just something we share with each other before we go into our second round predictions. I, I can bounce first if y'all want. Um, um, I'd say injuries. There it is. Um, that just effed up the, the, the game. Like, it just really kind of put a damper on situations in certain teams. And now going into the second round, we got it with Joel Embiid. You got it with Chris Middleton. Like, it's a lot of big pieces that, you know, are going to be missing crucial games. And at this point, I don't want to say every everyone is a must-win game, but it is because we're getting down to rooting out who's the best and who's not. So we got to, you know, kind of get everyone on the same court. I just wish that the injuries would just turn off the switch and let everybody play and be healthy and do its thing because I just want to see everyone at its best because that's always the thing when you hear the argument is the caveat of oh this person wasn't healthy oh this person wasn't there oh we missed it and it's just like all right we got to just have everybody on the course that we could see it so may the best man in the best team win Uh, listen if we had a bubble right now we saw what the Lakers did in 2020 they would done again 2020 without injury I agree with you like injuries are a huge factor um, Why yeah, did you bring it. up this team? This team <laughs> does not matter. This I'm team really does weak. not matter. We were like, talking about injuries of impact and championship don't teams. matter. I'm telling you right now, all teams don't matter. It's about eight of them, four of them left. Like it, it, it doesn't matter, bro. Stop bringing them up. Mm-mm. You like oh, it's no only now. you. Okay, okay, it's and true. it's important to bring up. I'm a, I'm a basketball historian. We talking about injuries. Didn't, I, didn't to... I just, didn't I just say somebody was gonna bring up a caveat on, on injuries? I was just, per- I was, this man go. I was trying to give you. I was helping you out. I was giving yeah. you my no, application. I don't think you were. Listen, Lisa gave a point, right? It's like Alisa gave this blanket statement. Now, here <laughs> I come trying to be the, the, the setup person. I give you the example. Oh, for example, see the 2021 Lakers. Like you, you go, see like, that, you're trying like, to be you trying to give me that that Donovan Mitchell go go bear assist. And yeah. I'm telling you, that's that's you barely passed to me. in the game like, You barely passed to me. I'm a good that, asset. That's not that's not eleven seconds left in the game. That's Gobert and Mitchell all season just missing each other and not seeing each other. Okay, I'm covering for you. Okay, well, Gobert covers a lot. Covering for what? Donovan Mitchell. I'm sorry. Cover Someone got make sure this. Oh wow. Okay, I feel. I feel like Rudy Gobert. I'm disrespected. Anyway, moving. moving I'm weak. <laughs> Chelsea, I'm weak. What, what are your overall thoughts? <laughs> Listen, I think the biggest takeaway um, from this playoff so far is I guess we can say now there should be more of a sense of urgency of the regular season. And here's what I'm talking about. If Kyrie Irving got the goddog on vaccine, okay, from the get-go, and they had some type of chemistry and stuff like that, 
I think the Brooklyn Nets would still be in the playoffs, let alone they would have been seated differently. Okay. Second thing, when you're talking about a guy like Kevin Durant, who was loyal, who was down to the ground, MB-like type of loyalty as far as putting everything on the line, but he had no help. So then when the playoffs came, carrying that load for so long, ooh, he was looking kind of shaky. So, again, I think this is – we're starting to see – you can't just turn the, the light switch on. Okay, you just can't do it. And that's not how the NBA playoffs work. Maybe in the, uh, in the regular season, you know, any given Thursday, let's go ahead and just, you know – when folks is partying the night before, there's this different type of um, seriousness. There's a different type of focus in the playoffs. And and I, I think that's my biggest takeaway. And, and honestly, I think the Brooklyn Nets demise came from really one particular individual, let alone, you know, the coaching and stuff like that, too. But but, yeah, I think we're starting to see how important now that play play in the regular season. Let's not do no load management. Let's let's play. Let's play and, and let's have some good time. We'll shorten the season too. That too. I think that might help more, more. I want to see a mid season tournament. I don't know how they will work that. I think the WNBA and what they did with the little, what is it? uh, What kind of cup was it in WNBA? Commissioner's cup. Commissioner's cup. I was about to say the believe cup, but that's soccer. Um, I think something like that is cool. Like, you know, have a little point system and then, I would like to see the top four instead of just a t- only two teams. Cause I think in the commissioner's cup, it was just the two teams. Let's go ahead and do four teams and best out of three in the first time. And then best out of five in the second one, something quick, simple, nothing too crazy, nothing too overbearing. And then, you know, let that be the transition into the postseason. I like it. I mean, it's true. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of shortening the season. I like the 82. I just feel like, I don't know. In some ways, 82's worked for so many years. You know, I only think that medical help has only increased. I only feel like the way that bodies have been, you have so many doctors and medical staff becoming bigger, that it's only gotten better. I'm not seeing, I mean, it's not half as physical as it was back then. I don't be the old man, get off my lawn. But, like, the 82-game the, the season has gone through, like, so many rough squads and rule changes and not nearly half as much uh, medical input and, and technological advances that we have now. Why shorten it out to acquiesce to what? Like, I think for me, like you said, it's the medical advancements. When you mm-hmm. when you know better, you do better. And so, just Correct. because it's been happening for seventy five years, doesn't mean it has to happen for another seventy five for them t- to continue on to play eighty two mm-hmm. games. Start at Christmas, like y'all always do, because what we say every season, Christmas is actually the beginning of every season. That's the, that's when every team is like, okay, this is the start of the season, and we're just gonna go on and move forward and do what we got to do and play harder. You only missing what about a month and a half of games if you start at Christmas. So, or two two months maybe. Yeah, two months. Why not just start then and just do it do it like that. Start at Christmas and go ahead and just play it until we are April, May, whatever. You you feel it's me? Like about, I I I just that's how I think. It's all about evolving, right? And and we're starting to see a great example. You're talking about oh, it's been working for seventy five years. It's done it fourth. Well, look at baseball. Now look at baseball. Baseball had a tradition for hundreds of years, okay, and it's dying down because there was no evolution within the game and within the marketing, within what they have going on. Um, And that's kind of how I see the NBA is a total opposite direction because, see, they they capitalized off of people like Dirk Nowinski. 
to still get this whole thing global because then now when you're exposed just like how i was exposed as a kid i fell in love because i was exposed to the game of basketball so now more people are exposed to the game of basketball that evolution taking advantage of not what's going on domestically but overseas was a was transcendent because we would not have a Giannis Antetokounmpo right now who is arguably the best player in the nba you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it's all about evolution. And, and when you have knowledge of, OK, you know, if you do this and do that, now there's a higher chance of our players being able to play when it's more important instead of just a regular Tuesday game. You know what I'm saying? And then not only that, there will be less chances of players trying to sit out because, you know, they're trying to low manage. So I think I think both and both of them it's a win win situation in a sense. And um, again, ev- evolution is the key to success and growth. And and I want to continue to see the, and the NBA and the WNBA, because what the WNBA is doing is great, too. Expanding the, the first the first round is three games instead of one game. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's going to make a significant difference in the WNBA in itself. But it's all about evolution. And that's all I got to say. I get y'all. I get y'all. I, I I get y'all. It's a good point. I like the discourse, and don't leave it right there. We're gonna drop it right there. But I'm um, going from that to the second round. I mean, we had some games being played today. Uh, both were, were one was much more exciting than the other. But we got some matchups here. We can kind of start breaking down. Um, on the East, we had the Boston Celtics playing the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and then we had the Golden State Warriors playing um, the Memphis Grizzlies. I guess we could start by like. Not recapping, but looking back on it and then going from there. Um, so the Bucks will start the first game, beat the Celtics 101 to 89. They'd actually held the Celtics to like 10 um, two-point field goals, like for most of the game. It was threes and free throws for the Celtics, which I thought was crazy. It really forced the Celtics to take a lot of jump shots um, to like indifferent success for Boston. And Milwaukee managed to kind of enforce their will, even without um, Chris Middleton. So I guess going with you first, Alicia, what do you think about it? Like it was a. Uh, Interesting game. I thought Boston was going to just kind of take control and go, and it'd be tight to begin with, and then Boston would just say, okay, we got too many weapons, and it actually kind of worked out the opposite, I felt like. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, didn't expect for Tatum and uh, Brown to go 10 for 31, you know, but I think that me and Kelsey were talking about it pre, uh, pre-recording, like, those guys are bigger on the Bucks, and they're not the Nets, and so for them to go and drive into the paint and try to get those one-on-one shots like they were doing all, all series against the Nets, they're not going to be easily be able to do that now against this Bucks team. I think that defensively also losing uh, Williams for a minute, you know, like it's going, like I said, turn injuries off because this team <laughs> is going to need every single person they can to beat the Bucks, especially if Chris Middleton does return. I don't think that, I understand that Boston has good, been good defensively all season, However, I'm just not buying into what they did against the Nets that they can easily run through and do that to the Bucs because the Bucs did win the championship last season, if I recall correctly. So I don't think that they're going to have the same effect that they're going to have. And then also uh, Drew Holiday and Bobby Portis both getting double-doubles. I mean, they're going to need that extra scoring and that extra help since Chris Middleton is out. So I think that collectively, uh, I'm going to have to go with Bucs and six. Um, but write it, write it down, get your little recycled paper. Okay. And I'm what, uh, insult. We didn't have to throw insults around that. I'm that not was, insulting I'm, you. I'm you kidding. literally lost the paper. I'm, I'm, okay. 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 You well, dug it out of the garbage and was like, Oh my God. I it was it. out of my personal book. Okay. Moving on. Bucks and six for Alicia. <laughs> I'm not even doing this. <laughs> 
Kelsey, what's your thoughts, man? Well, oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> to, to, to piggyback, um, honestly, I think that the, the, the Celtics defense was magnified and made it look better than what it could potentially be just sort of based on the fact of how Brooklyn Nets play. A, they had no cohesionness, no chemistry, so that's a perfect matchup. Let alone they did a lot of isolation basketball, right? So you're seeing the Michael Jordan rules being in effect where when the person, either it being Kyrie or either it being Kevin Durant, they're seeing five. And in any any screen, it's a double team. So a lot of easy baskets came from turnovers that they forced the Brooklyn Nets to do. With that being said, they're playing against a team in the Brook um, in, in Milwaukee, right? With me personally, I was never afraid of the Boston Celtics just because I know the Heat play as a team collectively. But Giannis Antetokounmpo is a little bit more physically imposing than Kevin Durant, and I think that is the biggest difference because pretty much they kind of bullied Durant partly because. I think he was just extremely exhausted. Some people are speculating that he may have an injury or two, whatever the case is. But Giannis Antetokounmpo is definitely a solid rock, and, and he's really imposing himself. And he's the type of guy that you see his mid-range. Oh, my goodness. How scary is that? When you know the guy can go 100 miles per hour to the basket, and then he just sits around and do a little spin around, fadeaway jump shot in mid-range where nobody can guard, he's becoming a special player. Um, I'm really surprised at what they did without Middleton. That was really, really, really um, surprising. But again, it's not because they play as a team. Covington, um, Grayson Allen. I mean, they have some guys that work together collectively, very similar to the Miami Heat, um, and a very unselfish workhorse in Antetokounmpo in their leader. I think, you know, honestly, I, I think I, I think six. I do think six, and the Bucks will have it. I want to say five, um, but I'm going to go ahead and give, um, you know, Boston the credit credit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt to squeeze a few games in. So you got Bucks and six as well? I do. I do. Wow. I'm going to go bold. I'm going to go Celtics and six. I was going to go Celtics so and good six. In the second but you know what? Game. You know what? You know what? Mm-hmm. So let me scratch mine. We're going to go Bucks and five. Bucks and five. Okay. Just so that I could be different. I didn't want to be like Alicia, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, cool. Because I, I, have, I have an itchy feeling just because, again, they, they got the class. They've been there already. They know what it takes. And um, their they, defense is tough, too. And they don't have uh, Brown and, and Tatum not going to the basket that easy now. You got Lopez. You got Antetokounmpo. You know, it's, it's a lot. And Marcus Smart look like he's hanging on a thread. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, five. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully his injury turns out better because yeah. if they lose the defensive player of the year, uh right. yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one, man. Celtics is six. I feel it in my bones. I think Boston's time right now. Listen, it was a feel out game. Jumpers didn't go down, but Jalen Brown's not going to shoot as bad as he did. It was 4 for 13 at one point in the fourth quarter. Like, their jump shots collectively, Tatum's and Brown's better than that. Al Horford's going to give you more. Grant Williams been shooting better. Um, They're going to figure Milwaukee out. And let's be real, Milwaukee's kind of thin, you know? At the end of the day, um, there's a clear mark regression, particularly in the perimeter players. Once you get past Grayson Allen and Pat Connaughton, you know, you're bringing in Javon Carter and 36-year-old George off the bench. I think I think Boston's going to get him. Uh, Milwaukee got one right now. But Boston will come back. I think I got Celtics and six. I feel good about this. And I'm by myself. It's going to be great. Yeah. I, I hear you. Um, okay. Carter's definitely I, not somebody just to sleep let, on. Just, just I let mean, him talk. I, uh, just let him okay. talk okay. and dig <laughs> the grave. Just 
grave digger. That's, that's all my, that's a, all my a, friends talking about. I'm a now. grave digger. Like, that's just what he do. You nah, talk, talk, man. We've seen, about we to back seen it the record up. before. Listen, my, record. it's shaky right we now. We've seen my track record. Let's not do that. Right, right, right. Ah, we went okay. right on. All right, listen, we're going right on the Warriors and Grizzlies. Um, we're not going to have any negativity on this pod today. Um, Warriors beat the Grizzlies by 1, 117 to 116. Jordan Poole went off for a playoff career high, 31 points. Also, almost messed around, got triple double, eight rebounds and nine assists. Uh, John Morant got what he wanted for the most part. He had 34 points, nine boards, and 10 assists, but missed the potential game winner as Klay Thompson had like a game clinching three to seal the deal for the Warriors to up 1 0 over the Grizzlies. Uh, Kelsey, what are your thoughts on that game and your predictions for the series? Yeah. Um, I was funny. I was at Juicy Crab watching the game, and this young lady who does not know anything about basketball, but I said the Warriors are going to win, and they were down five. She was like, she was like, no, they're down. They're not going to come back. They're praying and hustling. And then I said, okay, I hear you. But when you're talking about class, I mean, these guys have been here before. Um, And for the fact that they use Draymond Green's ejection as a a shot of adrenaline, right? Um, A shot of energy um a shot of we're gonna go ahead and beat y'all ass on y'all court okay it was given all of that um i listen i wouldn't be surprised if this only sees five games i don't think memphis grizzlies are ready yet this is gonna be another this is gonna be just like the chicago bulls and the detroit pistons the pistons are the warriors and the bulls are, are the grizzlies and they're just not there yet isaiah thomas is gonna go for championship number two Wow. Okay. What, what what you got then? You got uh, I'm what? going with Warriors in six. Um, I just think that this team is in the position that the Grizzlies were in when they played them in 2015. And I think that the Warriors, they've been there. They've done that. They're tested. They're tried. They're true. Even with the additions of Poole with Gary Payton, the second, with Kaminga, with Looney. I just this team is just so much better and they can play smarter than the Grizzlies. And I do love that Grizzlies team. I think Jaron Jackson stepping up offensively because he was not there last series. I think this game he started off well. He had what 26-11 or something like that. And he's he has to keep it up for them to continuously, you know, get buckets. But I just don't think that they're smarter than the Warriors. I think the Warriors can turn it on at any time. They know exactly what to do. They can easily put their foot on the pedal and just break gas, break gas, and just keep it going. So I think that they're going to be smarter than the uh, Grizzlies all series, and I'm going to go with Warriors. I also just don't like the officiating in this game. You cannot officiate the player. Officiate the game, please and thank you. Mm. All right. I, I agree. I, I like that because that was not a flagrant, too. I was kind of like, I knew that it was a flagrant because it wasn't a on the ball play, but for it to be number two, because we can see the intent of he just does not want to give up an easy layup and he tried to ease the guy's landing. Who was it that got fouled? I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but um, it was Brandon Clark. But yeah, like, no, oh, I don't think that should have. That was a situation where the that was easily like he wanted, a flagrant one. He wanted it easily. Yeah, easily take a run. Agreed. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I agree. I thought it was kind of just stupid. Um, Credit for Draymond not only giving the crowd a show on the way out, but also greeting the Warriors first thing in the street clothes. I thought it was funny. Best you can do in a situation like that. I get it. It's hard to ref jobs, hard to ref these guys. But, you're again, 
like Elisa said, the game and not the players, and I think you'll find yourself in a much better place. Um, one more time, just to seal it before I give you mine. Um, Kelsey, you said Warriors and how many? Um, yeah, we're gonna go five. Just Warriors and they, five. They won. They won the hardest game. That's you what I was. Uh, yep, yeah, I was. I said the same. I, I have Warriors and five as well. I think that I'm gonna give the Grizzlies one because they ascribe a team and the, the Warriors. I think. You you battling with a team that has a lot of length and a lot of height. The, the the Warriors play small. I think the Grizzlies can maximize their length and and height to the to the most. I think that they could definitely um, enforce the will around the rim. Jaron Jackson, we saw him get posted up like he wasn't doing in the first round. Um, but also, if you look at it from Warriors' point of view, listen, John Morant and, and Jaron Jackson combined for Come ten on. threes. Come on. Like, they combined for 10 threes, and you still won the game. You know, John Morant got his 34. You still won the game. You had good bench for the Grizzlies. You still won the game. So, you had your your, Draymond Green basically out the entire second half. Foul trouble for both Gary Payton, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson, and you still won. So, if y'all can do this game one and you're not even home, I think we're going to be okay. I'll give the Grizzlies game two maybe, and then I think it's a wrap. It's curtains on that. But... That will be a fun one. I think, listen, the Grizzlies are still working their way. You can look at progression. You know, play in first round last year. Now they got first, second this year, and then we'll see where they go from here. But I think the buck does stop here for Memphis. Um, and, and you know what? Honestly, mm-hmm. in the first round, we saw the Memphis Grizzlies, okay? They lost leads. They've, the Timberwolves went on runs, too. Now, granted, sometimes they were playing good defense. They were just making shots at that time. But we've seen the immaturity from the Memphis Grizzlies. If they handled the Timberwolves with ease, a gentleman sweep, or, or, you know, like how they handled game two in that series where they just tore them out the gym, if they handled that series, then I think the narrative will be just a little bit different. But when we're talking about a guy like, I mean, Clay Thompson is so excited to be playing playoff basketball. Steph Curry is so excited to be playing playoff basketball. It's been since 2019. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. That's all I got to say. They want this. Share will alone is going to go ahead and and make this series not really a series. That's why I say five. I'm being nice. I think think they can sweep them easily. Wow. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm, listen, I'm so close to saying this. I want to be bold, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies can definitely get hot. Um, yeah. yeah. Whoo. That's close. They that's were tight. hot. They were hot. I know. I just, uh, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do Warriors in four. Flip it. Good, good for you. Cause I was going to do it, but it's all right. Now yeah, yeah, you ain't. Yeah. <laughs> you walked me to the edge. You did release your last round. Right? Really? Walk him to the edge and just give him a little tap into the And then be like, but that's not me, though. <laughs> exactly. Like, damn. Exactly. Why you step over? I didn't like tell you to go over. Wouldn't be me, though. <laughs> ain't going to be me, though. <laughs> ain't happening to me, though. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, he did it. I'm going to go Warriors and four. I reserve the right to blame Kelsey for this one. Um, all right. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Suns and Mavericks. Listen, y'all, I don't know. I, I'm just going to get my brief thoughts. I think the Suns get this pretty easy. I see like Suns in, in five, maybe six. I think that this is like Luke. This is Lucas Clippers. You look at 2020, 2021, Luka and the Mavericks going against, you know, a really good team that had decent defensive wings that were able to let Luka get his and then ask somebody else to step up. In this case, I think the one difference is Jalen Brunson definitely came out of the shell in a major way. Um, but it was kind of against a dysfunctional Jazz team with horrible perimeter defenders. Uh, you don't have that with Phoenix. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to be an issue for Phoenix. Um, everybody on their court defends um, from Chris Paul to Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, Jay Crowder. I just don't see where you get that. DeAndre Ayton, um, 
I just don't see it. So, like, with that being the case, you're going to have Luka kind of step up, ask Spencer to win them and knock down their threes, and also hope the Mavericks can play enough defense, which they've been very good on the defensive end, but Phoenix is a different monster. Uh, Aiton's been able to go off. We've seen that already. Devin Booker's getting himself into form. Chris Paul can't miss a shot when he decides not to. Like, it's a different level altogether. So, I'm... mm, I'm going to say Suns and Six. I was going to say Suns and Five, but I'm going to go Suns and Six. What do you think, Alicia? No, say Suns and Five. <laughs> Why you want me to do that? Because I'm, I'm going to say Suns and Six. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm sorry. I'll get you Suns and Six. I'll wait till Kelsey Pitts is, and I'll, I'll either go Five or Six. There we go. Okay. Luca um, is a – oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I was going to say Luca is a is a shot taker and a shot maker. Okay. And we've seen at any given time when somebody can get hot and you can't stop, then you know what I'm saying? They can make some damage. Um, that's what the Pelicans did, literally. Holla. Um, Brandon Ingram and all them boys and them. Yep. So um, yeah, they they're definitely gonna get more than two games. I I wanna push it to a seven, honestly, just off of Luca's dominance and i'm not sold on booker's full health so yeah i'm gonna say they're gonna go to seven again i think that chris paul's leadership is gonna go ahead and get them over the hump um but i think it's gonna be a hell of a series and we've seen talking about that lac versus um, dallas a few years back and what you know that dude local magic can do he he he's learning and this is this is going to be the year where he's going to take that step to push them to the brink. They can push him to the brink. I got him in seven. The Suns, that is. You talk all <laughs> Luca, man. He's a bad man. He can put the seam on his back. He's yeah, gonna push him to seven but, games. But I, would, Luka, I just like the way you Luka built Luka it up. Alone, I thought though. you were gonna say. Yeah. You see, I ain't mentioned all the players. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did. Jalen Brunson played like the dude balled out. One hundred percent. Anyway, the dude balled out last round, but I just I don't I don't know if it's a different beast. Phoenix is different. It's levels to this issue, you know, and I just don't know if he has that. All right, so you go and say, you know what? Then freak. All right, so Lisa got sons in six. Kelsey got sons in seven. I'm gonna go sons in five. Why not? Okay, okay. We're, we're all gonna we're yeah, all gonna we're, we're all, all gonna gag when Dallas win the series. <laughs> no, my. I I I I want to see the Suns get back to the finals to be honest and kind of get that get back. I don't I I want them to though, but I don't know if they can get past this Warriors team. If the Warriors do what they're gonna continuously gonna be able to do against the Grizzlies, possibly get some rest and get prepared for Phoenix. I just I I want I'm, I'm rooting for the Suns though because I do want to see them get back to the finals. Yeah, I mean in six, I, right? Yeah. In six. Alicia Suns and six, yeah. Oh. Suns and six, yeah. Gotcha. I, I I don't think that the Mavs are going to be able to stand withstand uh, what Phoenix is going to bring. Like you guys already mentioned, the defense and the leadership of Chris Paul, A and Bridges on Luca. It's just too much for. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks to um, deal with, but shout out to Jalen Brunson. Uh, he's earned himself a contract this season, this off season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other guys that's around him, once they get back their full team, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., a bunch of other those guys, they can continue to build off of it. This is their first playoff win since 2011. So now they get to the second round and they can continue to build on that going forward because they have one of the best superstars in the league in Luca. So, 
just, this is just a building season for them and let them just build on this and, and move forward. But they've run into someone who has been there, done that, and yeah. is going to do it again. Yeah, I'm with okay. it. I'm with it. That. For yeah. sure. And now we go down to our final uh, series here. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. I'm very interested in y'all take. We got the 76ers and the Heat. Uh, it's been a weird one. I mean, we're going to have to start off with Kelsey for this just because, I mean, obvious reasons. But 76ers are coming in kind of weird. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid is out kind of indefinitely due to an orbital fracture and mild concussion. There's an uncertain status on him. So with that, the onus has kind of gone back to James Harden, who has said, listen, I'm going to do what I have to do. Uh, basically, in seeing whether he has a gear he can get to where he can score those 30-plus that we're used to seeing from him, although I haven't seen it all year. So that's going to be interesting to see kind of where we fall on that. But, I mean, for the extended preview, uh, Kelsey, let's get your thoughts on this whole matchup and your prediction. So, yeah, um, I was really excited. I, I thought that Philadelphia was still kind of uh, full skull to me. I think they were deceiving a lot of people. Um, I think they were getting a lot of hype. I think we saw what they did to Toronto with Toronto really coming back and almost winning three games in a row and making it to a game seven. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers are extremely vulnerable. They're not a fully put together team. They're extremely top heavy. Um, I had them losing in six with Embiid playing. Without Embiid, I kid you not. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I've seen this team without Butler, without uh, Adebayo, without Tyler Hero defeat a fully healthy Philadelphia 76ers, even though Harden wasn't there yet. Okay. Man, I, I want to say sweet, but it's definitely going to be a gentleman sweet for sure. It does not get past game five. I think the Heat are going to go ahead and go on easily. Um, uh, yeah, I think I think it's, it's going to be a it's going to be a really easy game. I'm kind of disappointed. I want Embiid to really play because I want everybody to see why Adebayo deserves to be Defensive Player of the Year. Now all they're going to say is, "Oh, he had an orbital, you know, fracture to send for." There's an excuse now. And You're damn right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but I see what you mean for sure. Uh, Lisa, what are your thoughts? So wait, wait, we got we got Kelsey in the gentleman sweep for the Heat. Yeah, we'll, we'll do them five. I ain't gonna do them Philadelphia like that. Hard will go for forty one of those games. Yeah. He might just do it, Lisa. Um, I'm glad you have faith in James Harden because child, I don't know what he's doing out there. Okay, and he don't know what he's doing. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is the person who I'm looking for this series because last series offensively, he was able to get whatever the hell he wanted to do, like he came alive in a way that I don't think that anyone saw in terms of Tyrese Maxey doing what he was supposed to do in the regular season. I think he had a good, a good little run against Miami. He was like 50 from 40 from three, 50%, 60, 70% from the field. Like he was getting numbers on Miami. I understand that their defense is very stealthy and they're going to do their best to match up against uh, the Sixers. But without Embiid, I think just looking for Harden, Maxi, Thibel, who's going to be able to play, and also Tobias Harris, who had his spurts in that last series, that's going to help them in the first two games if they can cohesively be good on offense. Now, uh, I still have Miami winning this series. I think that Victor Oladipo getting his opportunity in the last oh. series is going to come alive. And his defense, he's going to cause more problems because he can get his own shot. He can defend. He can do more and cause more trouble than Duncanson 
and Hero combined, honestly. So he's going to be able to beat that X factor for Miami that they're not going to be able to defend on the 76ers side. So I do have Miami, I want to say in five because of Joel's injury. Um, I'm going to go out on the limb and say Miami in five. Miami and five. I mean, listen, I gave all the analysis I need. I think James Harden's going to go off for one game. I think Miami, they benefit like Phoenix. I mean, listen, you work hard to get the number one seed. You get the easiest path to the conference finals. I, I just wish I saw a challenge for these teams. It's unfortunate Joel Embiid got injured and is going to be not 100% of this series when he does play. Um, yeah, I mean, Miami can kind of get rest for some of these guys, I think, and still be better than this Philadelphia team. It's unfortunate, but it's what it is. I'm going Heat in five as well. So we either all going to be 100% right on this or we all going to swing and miss. But I think that the odds are in our favor for this one, y'all. All right. And we got to recap real quick here. here. Huh? Let's go ahead. Continue. Okay, because, yeah, I'm not even going to do takes. All right. So Bucks versus Celtics. Um, Alicia and myself got – well, no, Alicia got Bucks and six. Kelsey, Bucks and five. Me, Celtics and six. Ooh, I was bold. Okay, I feel it already. <laughs> Show hasn't even ended. I'm like, woo-hoo. Oh. All right. We're going to keep it, though. I'm a man that's sticking to my principles here. All right. Just Warriors. Like like a- yeah. We didn't need that. We didn't need all that. <laughs> LeBron! <laughs> Forget you, bro. You know what? I don't even know why. Anyway, Warriors versus Grizzlies. Alicia got Warriors and six. Kelsey, Warriors and five. Me, Warriors and four. So we go with that. Suns versus Mavs. Alicia Suns in six. Kelsey Suns in seven. Me Suns in five. And then last but not least, we all have Heat in five for a gentleman's sweep of the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, so really, y'all, before we kind of close this show out, any last thoughts, analysis on this second round? What are we looking forward to? Uh, we got the NBA draft lottery coming up in a couple weeks. That'll be fun. Um, that's kind of where my attention's going. But, but what y'all thinking about as we get into this? Why? Second? Y'all don't even have to pick. So... Listen, I was like, really now? Now, as a general NBA fan, I'm just very interested in seeing yeah, where these picks go. And come like, on, NBA you know, savant. Listen, better. you know, <laughs> exactly. No, there's some intri- intrigue for me. Like, who Orlando, if Orlando gets someone pick, what they might do. Like, I'm already looking at that for some of these teams. Because this draft, I've just started getting into it over the last month or so, but it's kind of funky. Um, just some of these players. So that's what I'm intrigued by. But um, what about, what, I mean, Elisa, what are you thinking about? Kelsey, what y'all thinking about? Well, uh, um, we yeah. already mentioned it. Uh, mm-hmm. The coaching uh, in the league. I think there's a lot of vacancies that have popped up. People who are still currently coaching, i.e. Doc Rivers, that have been brought up in conversations about where he could possibly go. Quinn Snyder, when he was still coaching, uh, the Hornets coach got fired which I don't think he really should have, but according to Shams, that was Michael Jordan's decision on firing him. So, I mean, Jordan does what he wants to do. He owns a team. Kudos Mm -hmm. for him. But I just don't think that we can just blame defensive strategy all on him when you don't have the personnel to do what you need to do. Okay. Uh, Coaching. It's, it's, I feel like it's going to be, just another carousel go around to see who switches seats and who goes where. And I think that it, we, I really would like to see teams stick to who they pick because you hear a lot of the times where they're like, this is our guy. We feel like he's going to, you know, get us to the next level. We feel like he's the best person to lead this team. And then you hear in an exit interview, I don't think he's the best person that I, I feel like we need to go in a different direction. I feel we need to go somewhere else. And it's like, oh, really? Why is that? 
So I just want to see a little cohesion and consistency in terms of coaching, give guys the opportunity, but give them the chance to continue to lead. I think Willie Green is a prime example of somebody who was given the opportunity, given the short end of the fucking stick, because that team started off three and 16 and look what they got. So Mm -hmm. I feel like stick by people that you chose and try to ride it out until you can't anymore. I'm not saying stay forever. So ride it out as long as you can and then go by your separate ways. So that's what I'm looking at now uh, in terms of the league. Well, I'm looking at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'm looking at both of them right now, okay, because we got to keep things in perspective. They have been at the cusp of getting to that next level, and they have not been able to get past it. And the way they perform today is showing signs of they still have not been able to figure it out. And then again, we have to talk about personnel issues. So I want to see they've handled adversity excellently. This year, right? You're talking about a team with the Pelicans, but they were three and sixteen. Well, damn, the, these these Celtics was like outside the playing, right? You know what I'm saying? At one point in time, and they still find a way to come back and play together, which is why I give I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt to find a way to fix some things. But I'm looking at those two individuals because at the end of the day, this is really going to come down to are they going to stay together or not? If Because if they can't get past this, they have to do something in order to, because, you know, the one thing about insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. And I think when we're, we're getting to that point here, <laughs> where we might have to try something different. So that's going to be my biggest thing. OK, because uh, they still have to play against the Miami Heat or the, you know, the Sixers, but the Miami Heat in the next round, too, that is 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 not really going to let them go. And this will be almost a round two. Um, for them meeting into the Eastern Conference Finals. So, yeah, I'm looking at those two guys um, and, and seeing how they're going to adjust to, again, who is really the, the the biggest, the most imposing, the most dominant player in the game today right now, and that is Giannis Antetokounmpo. There it is. Wow. Those, we had some takes today. I'm impressed. Okay, look at us. Ready? Listen, we, we, we like a playoff team. Man. Once we get a couple days rest, you know, we come out healthy, <laughs> firing all cylinders. Oh, I love it. Oh, <laughs> we. I love it, y'all. I will listen, man. We, we about to close this down, y'all. Um, Make sure you follow Let's Ball Out social media platforms. We're going to have ours, of course, in the link in the description. So definitely make sure to follow us up on Twitter, Instagram, wherever we be. Um, follow us for sure. Great analysis regardless. Basketball, other stuff. Great Instagram content. Go to Kelsey. You want some fiery takes from other stuff? Go to Alicia. You want some general NBA, whatever? Check me out. I mean, it's a great little potpourri <laughs> of stuff. There, just great knowledge, man. You know, potpourri. Wow. There we go. Hey, yeah. hey, it's a library chain. You already know. No, <laughs> but listen, y'all. Uh, you know what? Actually, don't listen. I'm not closing. I never do. Alicia, Kelsey, take us home. No, I'm going to go ahead and close it out. Um, I'm just <laughs> going to go ahead and uh, I, I was I was a fly on the wall. I was a fly on the wall in the last game of the season with the Los Angeles Lakers. We're going to do what they did. Cabo on three. Cabo on me. A one, a two, a three. Cancun. This has been a Sports Ethos presentation.